Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 159, A Conversation with a New Turkey Hunter. And I am your host, and the guy who is late getting this week's episode out. So thanks to a technical glitch, I lost the interview that I had for you guys for this week. And fortunately for me, we have a listener who volunteered to come on this week's show. And that listener just so happens to be a new turkey hunter who had questions for me about the sport. And I offered to answer those questions for him in a phone call that I wanted to record and use for this week's show. And I think it's a great one. So, I've got one little note that I need to throw out there to you guys before we get into the interview for the week. And that is that this interview, this call, was actually recorded in the lobby of the downtown Marriott in Louisville, Kentucky, or excuse me, in Louisville, Kentucky. And there's a good bit of background noise. Now, I tried to cut a lot of that background noise out, and I think I did a pretty darn good job of it, if I do say so myself. But the audio is going to sound a little choppy in some areas. So, Overlook all that. There's some pretty cool content in here. We cover everything from cows to fences to tame turkeys to turkey vests to bourbon. Speaking of being in Louisville, Kentucky. So without further ado, here is Justin Bean and I will see you guys on the other side. Hey everybody, I am excited to tell you guys that I have on the line with me today a new turkey hunter, Justin Bean. And Justin has, well, Justin has the same issue that I had when I started and you guys who are experienced listening to the show had when you started and he's got questions. And so he's emailed me a few times and we've chatted and I said, you know, I I just... I'll see if Justin wants to come on the show and I'll answer his questions that he has and maybe help him over the learning curve a little bit and get him pointed in the right direction and in hopes that he can have some success this fall. So, Justin, how are you today and where are you? 
I'm doing good. Um, I'm in Gordonsville, Tennessee. We're about 45 minutes uh, east of Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. And um, like I said, it's uh, it's it's our first chilly day today, so it's yeah. actually a nice. We've had a lot of rain all week, so um, yeah. today's, uh, today's gonna be a busy day. So good. I'm happy to be here and happy to be uh, be able to ask these questions today. It's, uh, well. I hope that I can help you out and get you pointed in the right direction. I I do recall what it was like being a new hunter and, you know, turkey hunting can be very frustrating because they are, wild turkeys are just so wary by nature. I mean, the word wild is in their name. And so it's not like a deer where you can sit and watch a deer from a blind and get a shot. Right. You know, and and so turkey hunting, you've got you've got to be close to them, and one way to get close to them is to call them in, and so that's I think for a lot of people is a big struggle. But I'm going to ask you to share the story, and if you don't want to share it, that's fine. But I'm going to tell you with that email you sent me this past weekend, I laughed at it because. I know that you're not the only one that's done it, but I'm sure you feel like you are the only one that's done it. And there have been many times that I've been hunting and I have wondered, am I calling to a turkey that's not going to come to me for a particular reason? So do you mind sharing your story from this I, past I weekend? Do not, I do not care. Um, I do not care at all. It was actually, uh, it was pretty funny. It's an awesome story. Well, <laughs> jump into that. I, I okay. just love the story. It was great. We purchased 62 acres in Gordonville uh, a little over a year ago. And we've I've always had the dream, of course, to live off the land, to garden, mm-hmm. to, to raise my own animals. You know, just that sort of thing. It's just always been something with me. My, my dad never hunted. Nobody in my family hunted. So I had nobody to show me these, I call them life skills that are very important, you know, for, right. for any individual. And that's another reason, which I'll get into later, why I wanted my son. You know, this, we're starting from scratch, both of us. You know, <laughs> yeah. Nothing about turkeys, except for they seem to be way smarter than we are. <laughs> and, um, but uh, that morning, we, um, we headed out. We had already been tracking these turkeys. We've seen them actually our first day out looking we seen i think we had a total of eight hens and this gobbler and by the way for anybody that's first time turkey hunting and you're sitting there they will just appear out of nowhere oh yeah they are very they're a lot larger than i ever expected them to be because we were sitting at some point you know and we had them come within 10 yards and even at 10 yards i mean that's a big bird yes and uh that, that that's something i never that you know I, when we bought this property i always told my wife for years i want to kill a turkey i want to turkey hunt i want to bring home a turkey on thanksgiving like pilgrims did yeah. she always laughed at me but you know and I, I thought it would just be something you could go out and hunt this turkey and it's definitely not that easy right but back to the story we uh we woke up early that morning we went out about an hour before daylight and uh, we had been hearing a gobble on the back half of our property now we were scared to go onto the joining farm because of course it was not our property mm-hmm. now we lease uh, a lot of our land out to uh, a farmer down the road here and he leases pretty much most of the land that's around us so okay if you want to picture all these farms that pretty much join each other into one continuous loop. So all of these properties touch each other. So he, being the awesome guy he is, we let him, we lease uh, to him for free. He puts his cattle on a certain part of our property. And we don't charge because he's teaching us how to raise the cattle that we have. And, you know, he's kind of giving us that uh, the pointers on what we're wanting to do. Yeah. 
He says, if I want to kill a turkey, I go over there and kill that turkey. So he uh, pointed us, you know, of course, how we go, and he drove us through and showed us the openings, and he's got all these different gates. And we went out that morning, that next morning. We got up super early because, like I said, we had been hearing that Tom. He's been gobbling at us for three days. We watched him. We followed him, and my, me and my son had uh, followed him for actually two days, and we thought that they was on a pattern, and we thought we actually had him whooped. And we say we went out scouting that Thursday. It was uh, a couple days till the, before the end of turkey season here. Mm-hmm. We scouted him for two days. We watched him walk, and uh, we didn't take a gun on those days because we were scouting. And we were very, very, very new at that point. This was weeks ago. And he, uh, we, like I said, we, we let him pass, and I said, all right. I told my son, Ethan, I said, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We know where he is. He comes through here every day. We've seen him for two days, same pattern. So we come back that next morning. We sit, and we sit, and we sit. We sit all day. Wow. And here 430 approaches, no bird come through. And we had done moved all over these 500 acres looking for him. Yeah. So that following morning, we get up after giving the permission. We're sitting on top of this huge hill over these valleys, and there's about... 700 yards one way to a fence, 700 yards the other way to the fence. All this property is cross-fenced, if you know what the cross-fence means. Yeah. So we're on the top of this hill, and my son, which he's been wanting to do the turkey calls. Of course, I've been, we, have, we haven't gotten too good at the diaphragm calls, but the slate calls we're getting fairly, fairly good at. Yeah. He still sounds like he has turkey bronchitis when he's doing it, but he's getting better. <laughs> I do, too, and I've been doing it for years. So. <laughs> So he, he wanted to call, so I said, sure, you know, go ahead. And since I've started listening to your show, of course, calling less is what I've tried to do. Of course, yeah. And sitting for an hour at each place. And with a, with a kid, you know, sitting for an hour is hard to do. Yeah. But uh, we're on the top of this hill, and I let him take the slate. He, he does a call, and uh, he does it fairly loud. Of course, I can get on to him. like, hey, you know, you don't have to go so loud. We're on top of this hill. And about that time, we hear it sounded like a, a group of gobblers. I mean, it sounded like a, this, a legion was coming our way. There was a whole bunch of them. Yeah. And we look at each other with eyes as big as bold eggs, and, boy, we thought we were the, the, we thought we were the biggest Tom out there. We were up there strutting on top of that hill, you know, with our chest out, thinking we did something good. So we give it a few minutes, and I let him call again, and then they call back. Now, I'm, I've recently lost my hearing in my left ear, so mm. I'm only mono hearing at this point. Yeah. And it's just something that's happened over the last few years, and it's just something I've, I've had to adapt and get accustomed to, which I'll have a question on that later, if you don't mind. Sure, yeah. But he's my, he's my extra ears, you know, so I'm asking him, hey, where did you hear that? So he points over to this corner. So we sit there, and we sit there. We've got the binoculars out. We're looking around. And then I see a tree line, and on the other side of that tree line, I see these birds that look like, I mean, they ate beach balls. These are huge birds. Yeah. And they're... And I said, oh, my Lord, Ethan, these are, those look like they're all toms. They're on the other side of that fence. We've got all this property, but yet they're on the other side of the fence in these people's yard. So I'm thinking what to do. I'm not the experienced person. I didn't want to try to move with my son. I knew they would have saw us if we'd, you know, if we'd moved. We were on the right. field with a four, four-wheeler. Okay. So I said, we're going to ditch the four-wheeler, and we're going to head on down. So we walked and hiked all the way. I guess we got to about 300 yards across and in the fence line to where we could look across at them. And would you know that all morning we have been calling to nine huge gobblers that were pets. <laughs> we, we were sitting there looking through the binoculars, 
And about that time, a Cadillac pulls up into this yard, <laughs> into the backyard. And I told my son, I said, oh, they're going to scatter. Uh-huh. They're going to take off now. Because this lady also had a bunch of chickens in her yard. So I thought the turkeys were just over there eating the food on the ground and scratching around and hanging out with the chickens. Yeah. And that lady pulled up. Them turkeys ran up to her car. <laughs> so... I looked at my son with the, the, I felt like I was two inches tall, but I had led him around. <laughs> and uh, we have been tracking, I guarantee you, we spent three hours on those turkeys. Wow. But that's fun. It was fun. It was fun, and it was a lesson learned. Absolutely. Well, and, and so, you know, I told you that I've wondered at times if I have been messing with pinned up birds before because. I've been hunting around homesteads and Mm -hmm. small farms, just like probably everyone listening to the show has. And you hear a turkey gobble, and it comes from the direction of that homestead. And you call again, and it gobbles, and you work around. You you sit down somewhere where you think you can call that bird in, and you sit and you call, and the turkey gobbles. It call, and it gobbles. You call, and it gobbles, and he never moves. And so there have been times when I have actually gotten up and walked off from a turkey because I thought that it was a pet turkey in a pen. Hmm. And there was one time in particular that me and two of my buddies, this was right after I started turkey hunting, we were in this little stretch of woods that one of my buddies had permission to hunt, and we were calling, and this turkey was gobbling his brains out. And we got about halfway to that turkey from the truck. So we're probably 200 yards from the turkey at this point. And the turkey is just gobbling, I mean, almost nonstop. And I looked at my buddy Chip and I said, that's somebody's pet turkey in a pen. I'm going back to the truck. And I turned around and walked off and went back to the truck. I said, you're wasting your time. So I left him. And my buddy George came with me, and we walked back to the truck. And we're sitting there at the truck messing around and calling crows. And about 45 minutes later, we see Chip walking up the road, and he gets about 50 yards from the truck, and he's got a turkey over his shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) So it was not somebody's pet turkey in a pen. (laughs) It was actually a wild turkey that was on the edge of their property and was just hung up. Uh, on the edge of this old homestead and was just hung up and wouldn't come in and chip finally got worked around and you know got in a position where the turkey would actually leave where he was and come in and so you know you are not the only person that's ever run across that or had that issue before i will assure you without a doubt tell you that i think many of us have felt like fools at times for that very reason but it's going to happen. You know, people are going to have farm birds that are going to gobble, and we're going to work around on farm birds every once in a while. The tr- truth about it is we actually are in the middle of building. I'm actually almost done. I have about maybe a few hours left of building. My wife wants this. She wants chicken. So we, I have made this big, huge, I call it the Taj Mahal for chickens. It's this huge chicken run that she wanted that we're almost done building. And I was telling her, you know, I, I think I want to put some turkeys in there. After that day, I came home. I told her, I am not doing that. I'm not <laughs> going to trick someone else like I was tricked today. 
So I, uh, I was just wondering how they didn't, why they didn't fly out of the fence. I guess maybe you can clip their wings the same as you can do, or you just tame them to where they just they don't leave. I suppose, but nevertheless, I won't ever get to shoot those birds. Yeah, well, you can't say that. Maybe the homeowner <laughs> will uh, will want one for Thanksgiving and let you go over there and call it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I might want a little bit of a harder task. I think, maybe, but, uh, that well, would be that would be a great first hunt. That would be that'd be good. I can tell you that if that if that works out and the neighbor lets you do that, there's there's a call that you can buy that I feel like will work very well, and it's oh, the, yeah. it's the Cadillac call. <laughs> I think if you, you get, get in out, my Escalade and roll up on it. That's right. That's right. Pull in there and get the turkeys to run in, and you just pick which one you want. Oh, that is. I, I like. I said I thought for sure those birds were going to scatter that day because. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, heck, there's. I mean, I'm going to tell you what. I don't know from judging the. I mean, like I said, these birds were humongous. These birds weighed at least thirty pounds a piece. I mean, these were some. These birds were humongous, and they were all tom. There wasn't a hen out there. They were. They were. Just, and you, Ethan and I actually drove. He he was so bent on wanting to see the turkey, the tom, closer. So we drove by the fence line, and they all came to the fence, stuck their heads over. So you got like nine turkeys you know five feet sticking their heads over just a gobbling their brains out at us as we drove by so he got well, a kick out of that yeah that's about as close as we'll get to one this season anyways so is your fall season over now yes sir okay okay so you've got spring season coming up and i can't remember when it starts in tennessee is it april 1 april april 1 yes sir. okay okay very good so and we have um i have um family in south dakota that we have access to you know some of the ranches out there and we have a place that's in michigan as well that's in the middle of the oscoda national forest so i'm hoping to take advantage of those now that i have this new um, turkey bug yeah yeah so you sent me an email yesterday that basically said i've got this bug very badly and <sighs> i can't get enough information i can't get I just can't get enough to satisfy this itch that I have. So you sent me several questions, and at that point in time, I said, well, I'll, I'll just see if we can set up a call for Justin and record it and hopefully, you know, have something on there that everyone can learn from, you know, because right. I know that there are a lot of new hunters that listen to this show, new turkey hunters as well. And if I can do something to help you get over that climb up the learning curve there's no way with one phone call i'm going to help you get over the learning curve but if i can help you climb that learning curve and get you to where you're more comfortable maybe that can help you to have some success a little bit quicker and maybe get rid of a a little bit of the frustration but you know the frustration in learning the sport is part of the fun and so it's extremely frustrating getting your just getting schooled by an animal that has a brain the size of a walnut and making turkey out of me yeah yeah and they do to all of us and so but that's part of the fun of the sport so you had a few questions for me do you want to run through and ask me some of those now sure sure i would all Um, right my, my 
my main one that I have been stumped on, and of course, when I started this up, I, I read and I will do my due diligence. I will do my research before I ever get into anything, just to make sure if it's something I want to do. So I've studied my hind end off for turkey hunting for the past month. Mm-hmm. Okay, it started. So I, I got the first book that I got, and the only one was a John E. Phillips, I believe the guy's name. Yeah. Turkey hunting tactics. Yeah. In there, there's a few things that I found that were not true, or even if they are, then maybe not so much anymore and of course listening to your podcast i've learned that these these birds have so many different characteristics uh in different parts of the country you know they don't all it seems like do you know what this book portrays the turkey to do or what right sawyer uh you know said the turkey will do but like we have our property like i said that joins with others i've seen these turkeys on our property numerous times last year we seen a tom that was so big my aunt said that that turkey's got a rope stuck around his head he's going to get stuck in the woods somewhere and of course we were like no that's his beard but this beard was huge you know he was dragging on the ground almost it seemed from as far so and that was before i ever had you know like this turkey was making feel the way that it does today yeah so we've seen these turkeys on our property there is parts where the fence if you have a lot of property and of course you understand you've walked these property lines not all of the fence is is sound right all the fence the turkey looks like it would go under you know i would go under it if i wanted to get to somewhere to eat you know but this book says they don't go under or over or they don't like any diversion to get in their way but it seems to be the opposite is that true well okay so yes and no fences are a hindrance for a turkey when the turkey wants it to be a hindrance i mean they they can fly so they can get over any size fence or type of fence that is keeping them from going where they want to go if they want to and so the and they do it daily you were talking about these fences and cross fences where you where your property is and on neighboring farms and that is not an uncommon site or an uncommon barrier for a wild turkey in those areas so they're used to going under over and in a rare case even through a fence in those areas what i think that phillips is referring to in that book is in the spring when you have a gobbler that is responding to your calls the best thing to do if you can do it is to any obstruction like a fence or a blowdown or a creek or even a paved road any obstruction like that if you can eliminate that obstacle from being between you and that turkey you have increased your odds of success in that hunt exponentially and for whatever reason and people have their reasoning behind this you know their thoughts as to why turkeys do this but they think that well it's you know i hear people say well you know the hen's supposed to come to the gobbler and so when the gobbler hits an obstacle like that he'll stop because the hen's supposed to come to him and you know there's there might be something to that i don't know that we'll ever know 100 percent why a gobbler will walk across or excuse me will walk under a fence a three-strand barbed wire fence or even one little strand of barbed wire that's there while he'll walk around it or under it one day and not do it the next when you're trying to call him to you 
And, you know, there have been situations in the past where either been trying to work a bird across a property line onto my property, or we've even got some, some old fences that run through our property, our hunting club property, that are old. And so they'll only have one strand going from one post to another, and then maybe between the next two posts, there are no strands of barbed wire. And that turkey will walk up to that one strand of barbed wire and stand there and gobble and gobble and gobble and walk back and forth like there is a glass wall that he keeps bumping into when he could easily walk five more feet, walk around the fence because it's down, walk around that next post because the fence is down between those two posts, walk right through there and come into me, but he just won't do it. So, now, you know, tall grass, uh, a factor as well. They do not like the tall grass, correct? Oh man. No, that, that's a good question because I'm going to tell you that that's going to vary a great deal depending on where you're hunting. Now I'll tell you that Alabama tall grass is something that a wild turkey does not want to walk through. Now, when we hunted in Missouri, it was not unusual at all to walk up to this wheat field where the wheat would be about mid-thigh height, so, you know, two and a half feet tall, and you can slip up to those wheat fields and take your binoculars and scan the field, and you could see red heads poking up out of the field. And, and I mean the middle of the field. It's not like the edges only. And these turkeys were walking out into the, the wheat field and up during the hot part of the day, they would sit down in the wheat field because the grass and the ground down there was so much cooler than the air temperature. And so they would get in there and they would you know just sit down on the ground and you could see their heads poking up out in these fields. And we actually killed a turkey that way and missed another one by just spotting them out there and identifying as well as we could that it was a gobbler and slipping around and crawling and shooting one. And so I don't know, you know, some people around where I hunt theorize that turkeys don't like tall grass because the grass typically stays wet and because it stays wet with the morning dew that it makes the turkeys wet and they don't want to be wet, which I totally get. I don't right. think very many wild animals other than maybe a fish wants to stay wet. But other people say, well, a tall grass is just an area for predators to hide and conceal themselves. And I can totally see that as well. So, you know, I think there's are two decent explanations for why a turkey doesn't necessarily like tall grass in the areas that they don't. But you mentioned you've got family in Nebraska and there's tall sage grass in Nebraska everywhere and turkeys will walk through that and don't give it a second thought. It's just what they're used to doing. And I, you know, that's probably got more to do with it than anything else if I just had to guess, because those turkeys in Missouri that we hunted, they were used to those big wheat fields and that tall grass in those wheat fields. Where I hunt in Alabama, there's not much agriculture. And so the turkeys are not used to having these big fields with tall grass in it that they pretty much have to deal with. They can stay in the woods and stay out of those fields. And so I think it's a matter of probably their environment and just becoming conditioned to their environment and what they're used to. So in an area where you've got a lot of agriculture going on, I would tell you 
that tall grass thing is probably not as much of an issue as it would be in an area where there's where it's mainly wooded and people have just food plots and that kind of thing out there where the grass has grown up and is waist high. I think that turkeys will typically avoid those areas if they can. Now they'll work the edges of those fields, but typically they'll stay out of the, the middle of those fields where the grass is so tall. Do, do the cows uh, become a factor? I mean, I know you know what they do as far as flipping the you know the, the cow patties over and eating the bugs. When the cows are out there, I haven't noticed because I haven't seen them enough while the cows are out there. But yeah. do the cows come into play? Do they scare the turkeys away if the cows are you know along the edge or in the field, or do they just kind of have this common "I see you, you see me" thing? Yeah, I think that's got more to do with it than anything else. The cows are, cows get so used to seeing turkeys and vice versa that. They, the turkeys know the cows are not a threat, and most of the time, and I'm sure there's people listening to the show that have seen this more often than not, but most of the time, uh, you won't see a turkey right in the middle of several cows, you know, just right. in their feeding. They'll, they'll be, they, they tend to kind of keep a little bit of a distance from them. You know, whether it's even just 20 or 25 yards, which is still fairly close. But, you know, I, and like I said, I'm sure there's people listening that have said, well, I, you know, that have seen turkeys in with the cows and, and mixing with them and feeding and that kind of thing. But they're generally going to keep a little bit of distance between each other, but their cows are typically not going to affect turkeys as far as spooking them or that kind of thing. Now, a herd of cows can mess up your turkey hunt by coming in and their cows are very curious and so if they see you walk into an area and sit down after a few minutes they'll walk several of them will walk in there and they'll just stand there and stare at you and so you know that that is not good to help the situation as far as your hunt and you trying to conceal yourself you know so that that can be a, a pain in the rear sometimes and you know, there have been times where I've gotten up and tried to scare off the cows to help conceal myself, but I don't know. That seems to just bring them in even more. <laughs> you know, they get more curious after you run them off, and then you go back and you sit down. They come right back, and they start staring at you. But, you know, and, and decoy setups, they're, they're awfully intrigued by decoy setups. So the short answer to your question is no, they're not going to scare the turkeys or they should not affect your hunt but the long answer is they can at times affect your hunt for those reasons of busting you drawing attention to you messing up your decoy setup that kind of thing how often do they roost deep into the woods from what i've read and learned now i haven't seen or trailed them to where i could see where they've gone up to roost but are they roosting deep into the woods you know this time of year do they usually just take the outside edges so that when they fly down that they can fly down into an open area do they pick those areas in the middle of the woods where they have open spots to fly down i was curious to uh, know that if that's even um, possible yeah that Okay, so that's all that I've got for you guys for the free portion of today's episode. However, if you would like to hear the rest of this week's episode, you need to become a premium content subscriber. And the way that you become a premium content subscriber is by texting the word Turkey Hunter, one word with no spaces, to the number 44222. 
text the word turkey hunter to the number 44222 and I'll reply back with a text saying please respond with your email address only and once you do that I will email a link to you that you can click and subscribe to the show. Subscribing is very simple. It's very inexpensive. In fact, it's $12 for an entire year. And subscribing gives you access to all of the premium content in the past and all of the premium content for the next 52 weeks. And with turkey season being only four short months away, we are going to be getting into a lot of great content coming up. So, Becoming a premium content subscriber is probably something you want to add on your to-do list. All right, so that is all that I've got for you guys this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and a happy Veterans Day to you guys that have served in the military out there. Thank you very much for what you've done, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.